Marcus. And I'm Alec. This is another wonderful Strategize podcast. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about... What cut of meat is a flank steak? Today we're going to be talking about... A tactical retreat. Today we're going to be talking about... Just shooting the shit. <laughs> Maybe what we're talking about is... Espionage. If they see you coming, they can plan for it. I mean, this is called the Strategize podcast. <laughs> it's all for one or one for all. And that's it. <laughs> There's plenty more. What up, everyone? I'm Marcus. And I'm Alec. And it's another fantastic Strategize podcast. Strategize. Um, we were just talking, so Alec is sick, so you're going to hear some sniffles or some coughs or some tea drinking. Yes. I'm going to point them out to make them feel really awkward. Yep. On my side, I'm doing just fine, so I'm drinking a beer. So if you hear it coming from my side of the microphone, it's not tea. It's a Happy New Year's, shout out to Anchor Steam, Merry Christmas 2016 beer. Nice. Sponsorship, if you guys, Anchor Steam, if you want to sponsor us, feel free. Right, I will drink an Anchor Steam on every podcast if they sponsored us. Just saying. Um, but for reals though, I was, uh, found out Alec was sick and we were going to podcast last week and didn't work out, or like a couple days ago, on Tuesday is an normal podcast day, and, um... I was talking about, like, how unlucky it was that he's sick. And then he was trying to school me down and be like, no, 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 Marcus. It, luck has nothing to do with it. So then we were talking, and we felt like luck was definitely something that we needed to talk about. No, yeah, I mean, uh, luck is what we all consider to be part of games especially, maybe life in general. Um, and actually understanding it, or at least having a good grasp on it, um, is important strategically yeah i think so too and as always i think before we like move forward we need to just kind of like lay out plainly um what luck is and i always go to marion webster and this one actually felt like it was like i just saw um rogue one like two or three weeks ago so i've been like a little bit of a star wars kind of thing this one like definitely sounds like something that would be from the force but luck for marion webster dictionary is a force that brings good fortune or adversity Plain and simple. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with it because I think the force, well, the force is supposed to be a benevolent force, isn't it? I mean, you can have bad luck. I think it's no, luck right. is luck is the force. It's not good or bad. It's just like some kind of a force that's acting on those things. That's fair. At least yeah. in the in the zeitgeist. Yeah. So I think um, luck is usually blown out of proportion. Um, it's kind of, you know, like events were out of my control. So this is a general thing that I can, um, blame, but I also think that, um, like it has a place. It's just a lot bigger than what we should expect. So like managing luck, is kind of what we're going to be talking about of actually knowing when you're being affected by things outside your control and what you can actually do about that. Yeah, I personally don't even feel like luck should have a place. I think luck, acknowledging luck, is just a terrible, terrible place to start. Like, I'm totally down for completely destroying the concept of luck here. If you feel like there's luck, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of like Chinese listeners or people with Pactor's Feng Shui talking about how we're totally dissing on luck, but I'm going to lay it down and say, if you can give me a good argument about how luck's a real thing then I'll believe in luck. But until that day, shit's just not happening. 
I mean, I really do feel like the fact that you feel like it's a force, like, I think it's just really misunderstood. Okay. I kind of think it ties in with what I feel, like, how I feel random plays into our everyday lives. Um, I kind of see random not as um, a force, but as a perception. It's not innate to what is being perceived. It is um, innate in the person person perceiving it. Um, because at some level, that randomness makes sense, but we are not at that level, so it doesn't, obviously. Um, so I think that ties in a lot with our our perception of luck. Maybe luck falls into the same category because it's um, not fully understanding the factors that went into the outcome. Sorry, you're, we're not recording this live, but if you just saw that, you'd have seen my face. It was a look of like, <gasps> it was an epiphany, but it's so true. Because I, I was, we were talking about what we would talk about for this, and I was talking about like rolling a die, and like rolling dice and like seeing what happens. But if I had a machine, I could program a machine to roll a six every time it rolls a dice. Like I feel like as humans, like dice work because it's just obscuring the processes, the understanding of what it's going to look like. Like if we could slow time down and like work out the physics of how we like put the rotation on a die when it left our hand or whatever was happening, like we could understand and it wouldn't be perceived as random, but we're like obscuring what's happening enough to like make it appear that way. Yeah. I like that. It kind of plays into um, a free will conversation, which we do not have to go into because that's not really useful for strategy. Well, I was um, just thinking about that too. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> we're not, we're not doing that. It's the elephant in the room, I think. But like there, uh, I heard recently somebody um, talking about how even without free will, our decisions matter. Um, based on our perception of the decisions like i completely agree and that's how we'll proceed with skipping that whole free will conversation <laughs> yeah i mean you can like break it down into let's talk about poker really quick well we're not going to talk about poker really t- quick we're going to actually talk about it a lot um so if you <laughs> don't know about poker it's a card game 52 cards um you play a hand but really i just want to talk about i don't even want to talk about how the game is played i just want to talk about how shuffling a deck of cards that you're going to play with in the drawing order is like free will like your choice as an individual whether to fold bet raise all of those things like those are still your choice but the order of those cards after it's shuffled like that's not going to change like you're not going to know it but like the, that order of cards isn't changing like it's coming down like that river that flop that it's coming like those cards aren't going to change all right I, I don't know if I agree with the the context of poker. If you were gonna deal out the cards one at a time, um, like yeah, that would be considered like the free will aspect of it, like the continuation to make choice, make a choice to flip over the next card. I think would be in that category. I think adding the layer of poker onto it um, separates it from that idea of um, free will. It'll come back around. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm just laying. I'm just laying the foundation. All right, but I want to. The reason why I wanted to lay the foundation was because I think understanding that the perception of luck 
to me at least, is like the I want to say obfuscation, but it's like the making it obscure enough to where you you can't perceive it. And I think understanding how to like make that less opaque can really um, change our perception of luck. Yeah, I think um, the the situation again is very determinant of how much we um, we um, contribute to luck. Like, um, I think you were talking about it earlier, and you probably, if you have a definition for game of skill, that's a really um, good way of distinguishing situations that we easily associate with a lot of luck and don't. Um, most sports we don't consider um, luck-based because there's a lot of skill that goes into it, but there are times in those games that are considered lucky, but the whole game is not considered that. But then you have games like poker, which is like teetering on that edge for a lot of people. It's been considered a game of skill, but there's like this big component of luck that people will still tie to it um, that doesn't make it a game of skill like basketball football whatever i think that's the most interesting and what i was hearing when you were saying that was i think consider is one of like the very key words um so i live in nevada and we were at like the center of a bunch of well i don't even know if it was controversy but because like DraftKings and fantasy duel they're like day pick sites it's like fantasy sports and you can bet on them so a lot of folks were trying to say, like, they were getting around laws between games of skill and games of luck because people were saying, like, there's so much that goes into it, it's a game of skill, so it's not gambling. Like, we, as a society, we were like, no, 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 we're going to consider that a game of luck. So, like, really, it's consider, I feel, is the most important word. It's, like, what we all agree on. It's a constraint that we're putting on those games. Yeah, also, and... throwback to constraint. <laughs> yeah, I think it um, definitely plays a part in the um, magic circle, I guess, for the game of like the concept of that game not exiting um, the space that it uh, happens in. Um, gambling is an easy way to uh, break the idea of the magic circle. Um, because obviously if you put money into the game, you're affecting your life outside of the game. But as far as um, the consideration of games as one thing or another, whether we consider them legal or not, um, affects our um, our approach to them, our um, considerations within them, and um, can even change the perception of luck within them. No, that does make sense. Okay. I think would help our listeners when thinking about how luck plays into gambling. I think like really the way to understand that is to just like come to terms with the fact that like nothing's lucky. Like there is no luck. Like I feel that, you know, like rolling a die or even talking about roulette, like when they throw that ball around, like someone's applying force to that and it's going to end up somewhere there's no luck involved with where it's going to land. Like it's going to land wherever it's going to land. Well, so I think for, I definitely agree. I think for, um, 
practical purposes when talking about luck i think maybe we have to define it in a better way than it just being a force in the universe to me in this situation i think of luck as uncontrollable circumstances um so the things that um you couldn't change um with your strategy with your preparation with your planning um that just happen seemingly random um but affect the direction of your strategy or the uh, obscuring of your goals um so as far as what luck can be in strategic situations i think we just apply it to um, those things we don't um we can't control in any way and i think what's really important for this conversation is knowing what those things actually are and not just assuming um we have the limits that we understand yeah so to follow up on that like what are some ways like what are some strategic ways to reduce luck or like reduce or account for that seeming randomness the uncontrollable like you were saying or like even how do you get in the right mindset to even start thinking about that well i think there's a i mean it's tons of things we might be i think a few times in the past couple episodes we've talked about like the fundamental nature of strategy and we've hit on it like just like gently brushed against it every once in a while and i think this is kind of hitting that situation where it's like your perception your understanding of the situation and your um adjusting of your plan of action um to the situation is what strategy is all about um so as far as like what you can do to make it better i mean there's all the things we've talked about in previous episodes there's you know um accounting for as many things as possible um not relying on uh, or trying to perceive biases that we have in order to look around them to see the uh, whether or not something is uncontrollable so in the case of luck like going back to poker me like I love to win big hands so I'm going to be like I'm just going to push my luck and like stay in when I shouldn't stay in so like how do like does my goal like whatever my goal is depend if i just like want to be an idiot and that's my goal then like i'm just gonna ride the luck like i guess my question is i can account for all the things i can account for but then how do i like is that the only way to minimize luck uh not necessarily i think there's there's different approaches to all kinds of situations i think um we each have a very different approach to strategic situations um and neither is bad uh but they are pretty distinct from one another and they may even seem bad to the other person based on our observation of our outcomes of our situation of our biases um so as far as what we can like it's really hard to address a situation where you're purposely picking a bad strategy for whatever situation you're in. If um, you can be successful in that strategy, um, 
and unsuccessful to all the other players in the game, if that makes sense. And especially in gambling. Um, well, now we're getting into what is actually a good outcome. <laughs> the definition of uh, positive outcome, which is mostly subjective. Well, I've always operated on an assumption that within our podcast, like positive outcome is just achieving your goal. So if you want to define a goal like in poker or like in something, I'm comfortable with that. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, as far as like saying that you want to win a big hand, but not being in a position where you can actually do so, um, the probably (coughs) the probably uh, optimum outcome for you is to fold that hand so that you can win a big one next time. Because if you sink your money into a pot you know you can't win, you won't have as much for the next hand. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. I uh, I really enjoy video poker games. And that's like the big, well, you can't like double down or anything in those. But I feel like knowing when to press, like press your luck and knowing when to not press your luck is definitely a thing. But it's not even luck. It's knowing when to fold them. Know <laughs> when to hold them. <laughs> No one to walk away? Yeah, that's probably the best commercial. <laughs> we'll throw a link to that commercial in the description of this episode because it's worth it. Well, so I think you hit a good point as far as the definitions that we've assumed in the podcast to this point is that um, we're interacting with another player. In video poker, Like you're, it's just you versus the machine, which... <clears throat> especially to us has a huge um element of random like we don't understand what the computer can do but when we're interacting with the person there's a lot different circumstances that go into um choosing our strategy um adjusting our strategy to the players that we're playing um and that can even be a thing with not just computers in the traditional sense for instance, like um, AlphaGo, like Google's attempt at building a robot that can play Go, which is like one of the ones. They just finished a match, which is like a series of games, apparently. And it was like being watched by like millions of people in China and Japan because it's like the symbolic end of human existence as we know it if we can lose and go. Mm-hmm. But there was a big storm about it because this guy who had previously beaten AlphaGo in the past and who's helping train AlphaGo this game's been around for more than 2,000 years and I want to say 5,000 years for Go it's been around for a super long time and the AlphaGo made a move that nobody understood and there are experts in this field who have been studying like this is a game that has been studied and practiced and studied and nobody knew what AlphaGo was doing and it totally surprised everyone else and no one knew what it was and so even though it it was seemingly random and even though it was seemingly random and as a human like you expect these things playing against something that's unknown that you don't know um I'm sure like he felt like it was an unlucky move but it ended up you know not being random at all it was very cold and calculated oh yeah and AlphaGo straight up destroyed that guy (laughs) but is that like a strategy you can use 
Like, can you introduce random in things? Not um, that I want to talk about random versus luck, but like, is that as a if you're playing another human person? No, I I definitely think it's a viable strategy. It's a really fun strategy um, for a particular type of person. <laughs> like, I think maybe both of us enjoy that type of strategy because it's um, obscuring the playing field for our opponent. Um, not not necessarily bringing them down to our level, but like making it so that neither of us understand the situation anymore. <laughs> if that's yeah. what you're saying is a um, good introduction. I think it was, um, I was reading the art of learning uh, by Josh Waitzkin who talked about his chess strategy was um, having his own confidence in um, cutting through the complexity of the mid game um, made it so that he could play the late game better than other players because he um, wasn't reliant on having control of the board. So he could basically make moves that would just make the um, moves for both him and his opponent harder in the future um, because he felt confident that he would eventually um, figure it out faster or better than his opponent. Um, So that's definitely an option, especially for um, that superior competitor. I mean, I don't even know if a superior competitor, but like a a competitor who is superior and playing to his strengths that like make him superior. Cause like, you know, if he's like, I'm just going to cut through the mid game. Like if someone else is super good at the mid game, you know, like they'll do anything that they can't, they can do to like not ever end, like get to the late game. Yeah. Cause for me, like I would for sure be like, I'm just not, I'm just going to try end this game now. And if I can't end it now, like it's over. Yeah, that's fair. I think, um, I guess my assumption about um, that situation was in my own idea of creating randomness, which is like there may be an optimal optimal move um, that is a very clear best option um, to progress in the game and perhaps take an advantage, but it's something my opponent would easily see coming uh, versus a slightly suboptimal move um that puts me in a more um, volatile situation but also does the same thing to my opponent that's kind of how i was seeing the the options not necessarily playing to to strength but giving up something for that element of the unknown i guess my question is like does it descend into madness if like i expect that out of you and then like you does it become the scene in the princess bride with wesley and fascini just being like but I can expect this out of you, and then you can expect this out of me. Like, is um, that what randomness is, or like what luck comes down to? No, I don't think so. Because at some point, that obvious move is a better option, no matter what. Um, like, I always remember Day Nine saying, "Like, if you see this unusual build coming, just go kill him." Like, if, if this is in StarCraft, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> If you see, like, he has one of every unit in the first two tiers of a race's tech tree, like, just go kill him because he's built horribly. Like, he's not doing something usual, which in most cases, if he's not doing something that the pros are doing, he's probably doing something bad, especially not at the highest levels. So, like, if you're doing something suboptimal but unexpected, you get some element of surprise. But if your opponent doesn't give you... The time you need for that 
uh, move in the case of StarCraft, then you just lose because you're doing suboptimal moves. So if your opponent is just more organized, if you can't actually affect um, your opponent's position, um, then any suboptimal move not affecting that player is just putting you further behind. It's basically like remove the other player is instantly removing the randomness you're trying to introduce into the situation. Yeah. Like in poker, like if the other player knows that you have a 20% chance and like he knows that based on the cards that he has and what's down. Like if you're a terrible player and you're trying to like bluff him, but he knows if you're trying to bluff to make him sound like, you know, you have a 50, 50 shot or a 70% shot, but he knows that you have 20%. Like as soon as you do that, like it's not going to matter to him. He's going to take your money because he knows you only have a 20% chance to win. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what is really important um, is like cutting away that fog. So like knowing when to take that calculator risk, obviously, but also knowing the situation, because I think what we're talking about, those moves that try and catch your opponent off guard um, to upset the balance, maybe it was leaning in their favor. So if you just throw the scales out of whack, um, you can't tell who's ahead. Um, but knowing your situation, knowing that the other player took a suboptimal move um, and you just need to continue on your course um, taking advantage of that suboptimal move then you uh, eliminate that random like you're talking about or eliminate the luck that would be perceived later. Yeah, and I could definitely see someone who is terrible, who like doesn't have good strategy, or not even good strategy, who doesn't have sound strategy, like making those optimal moves. Like, random could be in his favor. Like, I feel like, you know, random could just be in his favor. So even though he feels like that would feel lucky, like he's not doing anything, but he's still... Or she, she is still working out, winning whatever is going on. Because sometimes, sorry, I was thinking about gaslighting and like making things. I think it's like an interesting strategy of like changing the perception of reality to like make things seem what they're not, and like how, like that could make things seem random when in fact they're not random; they're calculated. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about, like, what that would be. Like, what is actual randomness and what's not and how that could be messed with. But for me, if I was trying to see through that, like, I would try to set some kind of, like, base set of expectations or know as much information I could about a situation before I got there. Yeah, I think um, what's really cool about, like, this kind of gets into what I really like to nerd out about, which is, like, the learning process of, like, if you're approaching a new situation, where do you start? Um, <clears throat> a few good ways that I've heard to start is like, who uh, shouldn't be good at this that is? Like, if you want to figure out how to play in the NBA, you probably wouldn't look at Shaq or like um, Dwight Howard. Like, you don't start with being seven feet tall. You look at somebody like Steve Nash. Like, he in most regards, shouldn't be in the NBA, but he is. So, like, why is that? And starting from that spot of, like, since he uh, is different than most of the players in the NBA, and I'm not saying it's a race, <laughs> um, what he, what strategies has he had to take on in order to either compensate or go around the typical strategy? 
Did it make that awkward? No, I feel like that makes sense. No, there was no awkwardness. I was just thinking about, like, should you find people who are doing it like you, or should you find people who you wouldn't expect to be there? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I once, to my disappointment, said that I would enjoy boxing like uh, Ali, but was told that I would never do what Ali did because I don't have the arms. <laughs> it's just like straight up not possible. I mean, to a certain extent, I could emulate his style, but as far as his success, um, there's no way I could emulate it further than where other people are as good as me. Um, so as far as like finding somebody that does it like you or does it like you are capable of doing, um, that goes a certain extent. But I think there's also something, especially in shooting ahead in something that you're just starting, um, of finding those people that um, aren't supposed to be good at it because they've questioned the assumptions that everybody else is under. You broke my heart, Wes. <laughs> Who broke your heart? Wes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my voice gave out at the wrong time. That's super funny. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the best way to approach any situation where luck is involved. And I think there's always, like... I think a lot of... um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like, what group of people would say this? But I think there is an overemphasis on numbers um, to determine, like, what those actual biases are. Um, Poker's a really great example of, like, knowing the outcomes, regardless of whether whether your opponent has it or not knowing whether he could have it or what how likely it is that he has it um the hands that would beat you of course is just as important especially in the long-term success of a professional poker player like they're not going to win every hand because people do get quote-unquote lucky um in the hands and they offset that luck of their opponents by having the understanding of the odds that their opponent can actually beat them yeah i think about how casinos make money like casinos know that there is no luck like they know how and you know sometimes the stuff will be stacked against them and houses lose but they know like the longer they play the game the more likely the distribution of outcomes is going to fall in line with what they assume is going to happen and so I think, like, for them, even though it is a possibility, like, that they're going to lose and players will get lucky. And I'm making air quotes here with my, my lucky. <laughs> I mean, they know that players are going to like, get those cards that might upset the odds somehow. But, like, they're literally playing the odds that they're going to make money off players. Yeah, and they're even playing it in a way that um, <clears throat> makes the players interested in playing. Like, if the house won, like ninety nine percent of the time, no, nobody would be interested in playing because there's no expectation of winning. But because it's what fifty point four percent or something like that, or I think the average is usually between fifty and fifty five percent, the house wins in all the games. Yeah, I think of roulette. Roulette's like the perfect example. So like you can bet on black, you can bet on red, but that's exactly the reason why those double zero and zero exists. Is to just yeah. slightly tilt the odds 
in the house's favor and they know like yeah it's a like it's slightly less than 50 percent that you're gonna win but that's exactly why they have them there yeah they're not counting on one person betting a hundred dollars on black and winning or losing they're betting or they're considering a hundred people playing one dollar on black and 50 percent of those people are 49 percent of those people winning and 51 percent of those people losing like the house just edges it and that's how um vegas is successful so like knowing the odds is obviously a huge advantage going into it yeah and i think that like speaks to any kind of situation where luck could be a thing like if someone's lucky in something i think trying to get a further understanding of the mechanisms at work is a really good strategy to cut through that and really see what's happening yeah because i don't think anybody considers more excuse me more than 15% 15% of Kobe Bryant's shots to be luck. Like, giving a reasonable um, number, because I know there's somebody out there who's like, yeah, he's all luck. Like, he's been playing in the NBA for, what, 20 years, and it's been completely reliant on luck. Like, that's not how the world operates, at least <clears throat> at least in the perception, like our understanding of random and luck. Um, <clears throat> so, like understanding like what he does in order to play better can give you a glimpse into how you can push past what you think is luck in your game yeah so basically next time you want to go just throw money down on a horse don't do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so gambling is bad well not necessarily bad but not strategically sound yeah and i'll still Um, play the lottery sure because, I mean, it could be you. You never know. Yeah. And the but investment is low. The yeah. investment is relatively low, even if the outcome is most likely zero. So I think where we're going with this is um, kind of trying to put yourself in that situation. of. I think we've all been in this situation probably when we were really young, um, playing with parents or, you know, family in some sort of sport. And seeing thing, seeing something that we didn't even know was possible in that given sport, um, seeing my dad throw a frisbee behind his back was like a revelation for me uh, of like, oh, there's other ways that this disc can fly starting from my body, you know. Um, so like, he has the understanding of what the frisbee is doing. I could barely throw a frisbee, so I didn't have that ever on understanding obviously so getting to that point at least understanding what's going on even if you don't have the skill to execute on it can give you a huge huge advantage because you can start seeing those things in your opponents Um, like we were talking about earlier um, taking a suboptimal move maybe because that's the only move that you think your opponent would see they don't see that optimal move so you give them something suboptimal to uh, confuse them into thinking that you're worse off um, and then you follow it up with a uh, more powerful move later um, and that gives you the perception it gives your opponent the perception of you that you're not as good of a player you maybe going to get lucky when you make that big power move but you kind of knew it all along so it's like playing off your opponent's biases playing off your opponent's um, um, blind spots and of course 
using mind games, if you want to call them that, to get a leg up on your opponent. I don't even want to call them mind games. I feel like, yeah, utilizing the situation to, and really, I've, and this could even be in, no, I'm. you're absolutely right, it's all in the mind. I think controlling the situation in a way that, like, having a battle of understanding of the situation. I think, like, that is the full crux of what luck is. It, like, boils down to understanding. And I think it starts to get confusing when you have additional actors, human actors, that can start to change what that looks like, what that situation is. I don't even want to call it mind games. Yeah, I think it's like we were talking about before understanding constraints knowing what role your opponent's perception can have like in your own perception if you understand that the constraints that most people put them on themselves under are flawed um if you take those constraints away you operate in um perhaps a larger playing field than they are yeah Um, i want to talk about that next time i think like that is a really good thing to talk about i think framing it in constraints and like what do you do when you think that you're defining the constraints for someone else and then you they think that they're defining the constraints on you like what happens when you're all playing in that sandbox together like when you're all in that court together like what does that look like yeah let's do it i like (laughs) it if y'all haven't gone back and looked at it we have a new year's eve new year's resolution podcast that should be out and then um we're actually going to be looking to get this up on an itunes indication so you can get it completely synced every time there's a new episode to however you're digesting podcasts right now so look forward to that alex do you have any announcements yeah just continue like if you want to support us check out strata guys podcast at gmail um strata dash guys on um twitter strata guys on facebook However you um, social media, check us out, and we um, appreciate the support. That we do. So, I'm Marcus. And I'm Alec. And that was the end of another Out of This World Strata Guys podcast.